0: Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, all right. You guys have a quick seat. Then we'll move you around. All right. Week number two inside. I don't know about you, but I'm. this is nice. I thought I liked being outside. No, I like being in... I like being in, I was deceived, deceived, especially today, it's going to be a hot one. So very thankful. If you, uh, if it's, this is newer to you, we've been out, we were outside for a year. Give a hand to all those people that made it a year. That was amazing. So, and we only canceled twice out of all the weather things. One was rain, one was heat, so. We, uh, we made, it, made it through pretty, pretty well. Um, as you guys know, we're just kind of slowly building back up, ramping back up. Um, if you need lyrics for worship, they're on the back table. We're hoping in the next few weeks as we get more and more volunteers. By the way, last week we had uh, quite a few people um, looking to help out more and more as we're looking to do more setup, but we're waiting for the volunteers to do it. So we don't have the bodies to do it yet. So as far as like having a screen, um, having curtains, things like that will help with sound. So uh, if that's something, if this is kind of your home place, um, we stay healthy by everybody serving. And so uh, all different ways from children's ministry to set up and tear down. So just let us know. Those communication cards to talk to us, if you have a prayer request, question, comment, everything's on the back table, pins and all that kind of stuff. So just a heads up on that. All right, so what's happening now is we are transitioning from summer to fall. In the next few weeks, we're going to have a Sunday where we just we're, we're a church that we kind of like to slow down and reflect rather than just go from thing to thing to thing. So we like to see what, what's God doing? What are some cool stories? So we're going to have some summer sharing. Uh, we have a bunch of stories from Young Life. We have a lot of Young Life leaders here which work with high school, and middle school, outreach camps. Great summer with camps. They're going to be sharing. We had a healthy families class. So those that went through that are going to be sharing. And then, you, you know, for the rest of us, if we weren't in, involved in those two things, we're just going to kind of have a time of sharing as a church. So that's in the next few weeks. And then we'll transition to going through the book of Acts as we kind of look forward as far as what God has for us as far as being on mission for him. That's where we're going to focus in the fall. With that said, uh, we have connection groups starting in September. We have two group options as far as a Wednesday night and a Thursday night option. And it's kind of in the middle, right in Marietta. So if you're in South Temecula, which we have some people from there, we're going to kind of meet in the middle because the Hammett people don't want to drive to South Temecula. So we need to keep both of you guys happy. So Marietta right now is kind of our middle meeting ground. So you can go online or through our app, and uh, you can sign up for connection groups there and get more information on those. A couple just things going on in our church just want to let you know about. First of all, uh, I forgot to announce last week, but Jason over here, we were praying for him. We got you some—hey, you're clapping. I didn't say anything. What if it's bad news? Now you're going to feel bad, right? Uh, No, it's good news. So um, just praying for him. He had some— Kind of a a, a tumor that we were worried about with some cancer. All is good. They got it all out. You're healing up. You got some free food out of the church. That was good, too. So you ate well. So one thing we do well, if we don't do a lot of things well here, we cook and we eat really well here. So we tried it. We like calories. We like all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So we're glad you're well. Huge answer to prayer. And uh, thank you for praying for him. Uh, Be praying for the Flores family, just so you know. I don't think they're in here because they're serving in children's ministry, but you guys know that um, they uh, do a lot of uh, uh, foster uh, care, and uh, they got little Timothy right now. it's who we're praying for. Just be praying for that because the court system and uh, what goes on with parents and parental rights and all that kind of stuff, they just ask for prayer. And if that's something you're interested in, you have a heart just to, I'd love to see more and more of us just practically love kids and change their lives, and um, they're looking for families. We have a couple families here. Uh, I know the bunches, you guys have been a part of that too. You could talk to them. They're nodding their heads. That's if you want to raise your hand there, and then talk to the Flores, but just encourage them. Those families need encouragement, and um, so just be praying for Timothy, praying for the Flores family as they're going to be going to court over the next few weeks, and um, just uh, encourage them when you see them. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Uh, God, we believe that you... Um, have something to say to us and that you truly care about us. You're a very relational God and that gives us a great example of how to be relational with each other. And God, that's a struggle for us. All human beings struggle with relationships because we have insecurities, fear, shame. Uh, we've had some bad experiences um, and that can make us apprehensive. But God, you want us to have faith and not fear. And you want us to, To not do this life alone and that you've created the church to bond together not just for support but it's one of the main ways that we show the world who you are as we bond together God I pray that that today we'd really learn and apply those things to have quality relationships because we understand the quality of those relationships will dictate the quality of our life and I pray that as access church we do life and relationships well In your name, Jesus, amen. Uh, Two weeks ago, we started off with essential faith. If you haven't listened, you can go online on our YouTube. uh, And we talked about that for one of the essentials of faith is to be reflective. You have to have gaps in your day, in your week to reflect and let God speak. Many of us are so busy and we wonder where God is. And he's like, well, I'm trying to get your attention, but you're going from chore to work to this. We keep ourselves busy and that God wants to truly speak to us through his word, through his spirit. We talked about the, the uh, variety of that, so you can listen to the sermon there, but that's essential. If that's lacking in our life, our faith will be weakened. There's just no way around it. Our, our faith will have a difficult time sustaining. Um, and then we talked about last week that um, one of the essentials of our faith is to be responsive, though. Uh, we're, we're a culture, all of us have grown up in a culture that, um, uh, and it's not bad, But we tend to correlate how close I am with God depending on how I feel about God. That's a horrible way to do relationships. This is why marriages, many of them struggle because all of a sudden it's like, I don't feel close to them. Well, the goal isn't always to feel close. It's to actually be active and be close, which means you have to be responsive in a marriage. You have to be responsive. When a marriage lacks responsiveness to each other, each other's needs, each other's desires, what's happening, the marriage will begin to um, dissipate in ways. Well, the same thing in our, our walk with God, that bottom line, how we get close to God is by responding to him, not feeling close to him. And that feeling of closeness comes when we're obedient. The word is obedient. It's essential for our faith that we understand that um, it's not about just reading the Bible or getting more information about God, but just flat out listening to him. That's how we really um, grow our, our faith. Today, what we're going to talk about is that one of the essentials of faith is, is not just being reflective, not just being responsive, but being in relationship, being relational. And that's super important. Uh, I used a quote last week from an athlete because the Olympics just, I think they're, yeah, they're over. But, um, and so I was, I was kind of just pulling practical things from the Olympics and Caleb Dressel, who's a swimmer, one of the top swimmers in the world, set some Olympic records, top swimmer for the Americans. I think he won five gold medals. He was just interviewed in People Magazine. And so uh, this quote came out of it as they talked to him as far as what's the key to your success? What's the key to being able to performing well and to keep swimming day in and day out because it can get monotonous, which is a lot like faith. Faith can get monotonous or you know, how can you really succeed? Look what he said. He says, it takes a lot of people. I would not swim if it was just me. If I didn't have any teammates, I couldn't stay in the pool for two hours, twice a day, nine times a week. I can't do that. And I'm fine with admitting that. I couldn't do this by myself. So you really, need, uh, so you really do need people behind you. And I would say that's true not in just sport, but that's true in faith. Many of us, um, our faith will lack or sometimes it'll wane because we're not getting the right relationships around us. We're trying to be lone rangers, maybe, or we think I can just, it's just me and God. Have you ever heard someone say that? I don't need to go to church. I don't need, it's just me and God. It's actually the exact opposite of what God says. (laughs) And usually that's behind some kind of hurt. Anytime I've talked to someone, it's like, I don't go to church. I don't want to be a part. They bring up, what are things they bring up, right? Hypocrisy, right? Or maybe that a bad church experience or with a Christian, they've been hurt. And any of us, once we get hurt, we can get sensitive, right? We don't want anybody t- poking that wound. But just because I had a bad experience doesn't mean that it's actually a bad thing, right? And so uh, relationships are actually a good thing. And what I would say today is that the, from this quote here, I think is, is really relevant today. And it's kind of maybe the, um, the thesis for today is faith cannot grow and sustain without quality relationships, Faith may start as a personal decision, but it flourishes and lasts as a communal process. Let me say that again. This is a thesis for today. Faith cannot grow and sustain without quality relationships. So I'd say if any of us are coming today and our faith is lacking, or maybe our faith has ended in some ways, we we just don't have it, I would say probably one of the key essential things we could look at is the lack of what I call quality, not just relationships. Anyone could be in a relationship. Quality relationships is probably one of the components that's missing in our life. Faith may start as a personal decision, but it flourishes and lasts as a communal process, right? The visual would be if you take the coal out of the fire, how long will that coal stay hot? not very long. And some of us, when it looks at our faith, it's like a cold coal, where we burned for God 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when I was a child, when I was in high school. But now in our 30s in our 40s, unfortunately, maybe in our 50s, we still have the faith, but it, there's no burn there. It's just a cold coal. Because we've taken ourselves out of where, what really helps with the fire, what really helps sustain a fire. It's all the coal being together, piled on top of one another. That's what keeps it burning. The Bible talks about the importance of this. Um, Let's look at what the Bible says, because I want this to be the basis of our encouragement and the kind of the impetus of us building quality relationships in our lives. I'm going to go through a lot of verses, and I know some of you, you, it's kind of like, you're going through too many, I can't write them down. That's why we put everything on YouTube. Just go back and, you know, so I know I talk fast, but... It won't change, so I'm too old. So uh, sorry about that. But you can go back and, and kind of hear it online. First uh, John 1 through 7 says this, but if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. What he's saying is, if you walk in light, just like Jesus... We have fellowship. And just so you the word, that's an old school word, right? Fellowship. Some of you grew up in churches. It's called the fellowship hall, right? It sounds very Christianese. Fellowship, the Greek word just means partnership. So if you say I'm a Christian, I'm in the light, right here, John says, then we will have partnership with one another. You can't separate the two. If I lack partnership with other Christians, then I lack being in the light. Those two things go together. And it goes on to say that from that and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. Romans 12, four through five, Paul is writing to the church and he says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, in Jesus, though many people, we form one body and check this out. He says, and each member belongs to all the others. That's a strong word. What the Bible would say is that within, a, within churches all around the world, but within each church, we actually have a responsibility to each other. That might be new for some of us. Because some of us would come to church and it's kind of like, I'll do it on my time, my way, if I want to serve, if I want to do this, if I want to be in groups, if I want to talk to someone. It's kind of like we're very individualistic, which makes sense because we've grown up in America, which says do what you want and be all that you can. So that's a struggle for us where we come to the church and it's like, oh, no, 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 you become a Christian, you don't just belong to Jesus, you belong to each other. Some of you right now are like, I don't like this sermon, right? But here's the thing. It depends on what your purpose is because it's also great comfort to know that there's a responsibility for each other and that we belong together. Especially if we have the same purpose of what we're trying to accomplish. You see, I don't like responsibility when I don't want to be responsible. But when I wanna be responsible, I wanna grow, I wanna see things move forward, Responsibility is actually a really good thing. We belong to each other. That's why I encourage us, like when we're in connection groups, and by the way, when we're in connection groups, we all feel the same way. I mean, heck, I work here and I feel the same way. There's some nights, right? Especially in the fall and it gets rainy, it gets cold, you're drinking, you're hot tea or your chamba chai. Woo-hoo, chamba chai is coming up. Yes, pretty much if you don't know what chamba chai is, it's just all sugar and it's really good and it's warm. So that's what it is. But right, you got your chamba chai, you got your sugar high, right? Maybe you're watching your Marvel movie or Harry Potter and the rain is and do you really want to go to group? And then the thought comes in, it's like, ah, do I, you know, last week wasn't a real good week. Brian talked way too much. Or this, nobody will miss me. And I wonder if it's one of those things where like, no, when you realize you belong to each other, you have a responsibility, but not just a responsibility, but an opportunity. Because maybe what you share, the way you share it that night, hits someone different than what anyone else would share. And you're gone. And the coal's removed from the fire. We belong to each other. But not just as a responsibility, as an opportunity. Romans 12 says this, This is Paul writing to the Roman church. And again, these are words to churches. Romans 12, 10 and Romans 12, 16 say this. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. How is a church healthy? What are quality relationships like? The Bible would say is quality relationships really depend on if two people are trying to honor each other above the other or is it me first? Honor me first and then I'll honor you. The Bible would say, no, no, quality relationship is where someone doesn't even demand that you honor them. They're already honoring you, and then it's reciprocated. That's quality relationships, where we want to honor each other. We want to see each other encouraged. It goes on in verse 16 to say, and live in harmony with one another. Resolve conflict. Don't make everything a big issue. Try to be harmonious as you are responsible to each other and belong together. So the Bible sets the precedence that, listen, quality relationships are important for our faith. So how do we do that? The power of quality relationships, three things I'd like us to think through. This is the power of it that we'll see in our faith. The first thing is it protects our faith. Number one is it protects our faith. Keeps us protected from lacking faith, from giving up on faith. Uh, Galatians and James are the pastors I'm going to use for this. Galatians chapter six, one through two says this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. In this then carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. How do we fulfill the law when we protect each other, when we see someone and sin is just rebellion Rebellious behavior, rebellious mindset. And the Bible says, hey, gently restore one another, protect each other. That's called accountability. It's something that I think, again, that we struggle with in the church. Again, if I were to have you guys raise your hands, I won't because it's just super awkward. But, um, you know, when's the last time you confessed a sin to someone and asked them to help you to repent? Or when's the last time you saw someone in sin saying, hey, I don't know, if that's good for you. I bet we wouldn't get too too many hands raised if I said in the last month who did that or in the last two or three months. It's kind of rare for Christians because why? Because we privatized our faith. This is what we've done. It's my faith. So you kind of butt out. It's between what? Me and who? God. What does the Bible say? No, it's not. So we we put something under a Christian pretense and it's actually anti-Christian. It's just me and God. And God's like, no, it's not. Even Caleb Dressel admitted, he's like, I can't do it on my own. And so it's, a, it's an issue of humility of saying, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I, I can't see all my blind spots. Can you imagine being in a trusting group where we don't condemn one another, but we correct each other and help each other? And we don't correct out of, I would have never done it that way. How dare you? Do you notice the words there? Restore the person, is it harshly? Restore, restore the per- person vindictively? Judgingly? No, gently. Why do we do it gently? Because we all fall short of the glory of God. And I might confront you one week, but you'll confront me the next week. And confront, I mean, just as far as just like, hey, watch this. Hey, be careful there. I don't know if that's good for your faith. Hey, I don't know if working that many hours, you're not able to go to church anymore. Hey, I don't, when you hang on that person, You change. Hey, those jokes, I, think they, they, I don't think they're beneficial. Hey, what you just said about what the Bible says, can I maybe bring something up that the Bible actually doesn't say that? And what if we could do that where it wasn't offensive? Don't tell me how to read the Bible. In my Bible it says it. Well, that's because you wrote it in. Jesus didn't do it. You wrote it in. Don't tell me who to hang out with on Friday night. Oh, uh, I'm just being funny. Don't be don't, so thin-skinned, right? We get offended, we get, which is our world. What happens, we look at our world and be like, oh, that's the way we should all respond. No, 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 we're to be opposite of the world. How cool to feel safe rather than offended by people that come around you saying, they're gonna help me protect my faith. How cool if I were to give permission with a group of people saying, if you see anything where I'm off course, can you let me know? because I want to represent Jesus and Access Church and my faith well. What if that was our attitude? I was talking to a dude about, um, we are just talking about things and alcohol and stuff like that and how it can be good or bad in our lives and stuff like that. And I said, and he goes, you know, how do you do it? Um, and I just said, uh, my wife helps me. So I have a rule, I don't drink more than two of anything ever. Because after two, I start saying and doing dumb things and I don't wanna get fired. Like, that's just not something I wanna do. I've learned that about myself. Two of anything, I can usually handle. But I like to have uh, a little vanilla rum. It's one of my favorites. Maybe a beer every once in a while, things like that. But here's the thing, as I said, is I don't trust myself. My wife has the ability to say, that's enough or that's too much, even if I'm just having one. Because her even saying like, hey, what if you just didn't have that drink today? just my response is gonna show if I'm getting hooked or not. Just my response of like, really, why not? I'm not sinning. Have you heard that one before from people? Well, technically, yes, you're not sinning. All right. But it shows my heart if it's like, you know what? I don't think it's a problem, but if you think it's a problem, babe, it's a problem. And how cool, rather than being offended, like how dare you tell me how to live, babe? What if it's one of those things where it's just like, I just trust you have good motives. The Bible says, quality relationships what we have to look at is do we have people we can confess with be accountable to and help each other out and i know for a lot of us i'm looking at you right now you're like please god brian do not challenge me to do that but here's where my heart breaks for you is some of us we really lack focus on our faith because we lack good relationships for people to speak honestly into our life that's a big cultural thing i hope as a church we can break through that be humble get rid of our arrogance Or maybe for some of us get rid of our fear of what they might think about me. If I share, like, I really struggle with lust. I'm super angry around the kids. Like, I'm afraid I might hit them. And you're like, Brian, how could you even say that? Because those are the things people say when they're really comfortable. They're very scared. And what happens is we can be in a community And even though we're not alone, we're incredibly lonely because we don't wanna share our burdens and our fears and our sins because of being judged. I hope access is a place where we don't condemn those that are looking for redemption. And I hope you never think that as you correct someone that you're above being corrected. And that goes from the pastor to any leader. Run from a church where the pastor, you can't touch them. Nobody can speak to them. We're all in the same boat. We just are members of the same body with different positions. Some of us are more well-seen. Some of us behind the scenes. But we all fall short of the glory of God, and we all need each other. Do I get an amen? Amen. Oh, I get the whole, all right. I get the whole church amen. James would say this. And let me remind you, James is, this is the James that's the brother of Jesus. So if anyone knows Jesus, it's going to be James. Grew up with them, And this is what he wrote as an early leader in the church. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Some of us lack healing, psychological, emotional, and spiritual. It's all tied together. Healing. Because we keep that gunk inside of us and we won't get it out. Confess. Sin, pray for each other. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So one thing it does is quality relationships protect us. Second thing is it encourages us. Quality relationships should encourage us. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Well, how do we do that? How do we hold unswervingly to faith? He goes on to explain. That's the beauty of the Bible. Good question. I'm gonna explain it. Keep reading. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us consider. Let us think about. Let us plan. Let us figure out. Do I text them? Do I encourage them? Can I show up to connection group and, and, and build up someone? Rather, than I'm gonna show up to connection group and they better feed me. I'll tell you what, the best connection group ever is when 10 people show up saying, I can't wait to build each other up rather than be like, Everybody needs to build me up. Woo! Let us consider, think about, pray about ways to what? To spur one another on towards love and good deeds, to keep encouraging, to keep pushing, to keep saying, I see things in you you don't see. I see you trust God in ways that you don't see. All of us have blind spots, not just with our sin, but we also have blind spots on where, what our strengths are. How many of you have been encouraged when someone just stepped out in faith and said something cool to you and you needed that? Or said something, you're like, I don't see that myself. Has anyone experienced that? Where they they say something and you're like, oh, I don't see that. Oh, you're so kind here. Or hey, I know this is about you. Or what if we thought about ways to encourage one another and build each other up? And he goes on to say that, let us do that, but also not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. As much as sometimes we need accountability and confession, I I think we need that. I think for every one of those, we need like 10 encouraging words. And sometimes we don't do it, I think because of two things. I think one is sometimes we're just not watching. We're so, let me say this the right way. I don't want to make this too strong. We're so preoccupied with our own lives and our own issues I think sometimes we can't see through how God wants us to encourage other people. And I want to encourage you with this. You might think, well, who might encourage someone else? Like, it's just, you got to understand that God's voice most of the time speaks through our voices. He just wants to say it through your personality and through your relationships and through your leveraging of relationships. So it's not you speaking. Think about this. When you consider what to say, ask God what He wants to say through you rather than what you want to say. And what you might be surprised is you might say things you never thought you would say to encourage to build someone up. Quality relationships, not just protecting each other, but encouraging each other, but we must think about it. We must make space for it. We must get out of our own world saying, okay, no matter what's going on today, the bills, the pressure, maybe God wants to use me to speak to someone else to build them up. And here's what I think you'll find is as you look to build up other people, other people are gonna look to build you up. But when we live as a vacuum as a church of we're just obsessed with ourselves, I don't encourage someone else and they don't feel encouraged to encourage me back. And we can, we can lack that. I hope we're a, cur- a church that we look to build each other up, to say things to each other that strengthen our faith, that strengthen our spirit, that strengthen our resolve. And I know you might think like, they don't need it. We all need it. You see, what we are as adults is really we're just, yeah, we grow up on the outside, but we're all little children on the inside. We really are. We're that little child that says, I need someone to say, I I approve of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I don't care how old you are. I I don't care. I see some people that are a little bit older than me. You're up there. You're getting there, right? But I see even in your eyes, you're like, it doesn't matter the age from the 50s to the 80s to the 15 year olds. Everybody needs to know they're loved. And someone's proud of them. And I hope we're a church that we look at you and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud." Of, and some of us are gonna have to look past the things that maybe that we're not proud of. That's fine, but find something you are proud of. The third one is this, and this is one of the most crucial ones. Quality relationships protect us, encourage us. The last one is quality relationships mature us. Quality relationships mature us. I'm gonna read quite a few passages because this is probably one of the main, the main points, the main thing I wanna kind of hang on today as far as the, uh, for our church. Ephesians chapter four, 11 through 16 says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave them to equip his people for works of service. So leadership is not to go do the works of the church. A leader's job is to equip people to do the ministry of the church. And so he says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Look at God's desire for relationships within the church. The goal is that as we come together, that we actually attain the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus said that you will do greater acts than I? Do you guys remember that when he said that to the disciples? Which has to be weird. And what we tend to do is we tend to individualize that. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna do greater acts. And you'll see some some Christians that they do that. They kind of go off on their own and be like, I'm gonna do something greater than Jesus. First of all, just so you know, whenever you you read you in the Bible, I'd say 90% of the time, It's kind of a Midwestern dialect, just so you know, Greek is. It's it's, it's a little bit Midwestern. It really means y'all. Has anyone used that word, y'all? Yeah, embarrassingly, you have in California. All right, maybe you still still do. All right, probably. Most of the yous in Greek are y'all. Y'all are going to. And when Jesus says, you will do greater things than me, he's actually saying, y'all will do greater things than me. Well, how do we do greater things than Jesus? Well, when the collective body begins to look like Jesus and we compile and we mature to the, it says the fullness so that you can't tell the difference between the Jesus in the New Testament and a church, the way he speaks, the way he loves, the way he serves, our church does the same thing. Well, how do we get there? Quality relationships, us coming together, everybody using their different gifts, being different members with the same purpose. Ephesians goes on to say, listen, when you have this mindset, then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. You won't be immature, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their de- deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that's Christ. So he says, your church will look like Jesus. From him, the whole body is joined together uh, and held by every supporting ligament as it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. One of the the important things about quality relationships is as we get together, we're not, and as we serve one another and as we use our different gifts, it says here that as each part does its work, that's how we grow and build each other up. Galatians 5.13 goes on to say, Listen, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. One of the key things we do in quality relationships is we don't just connect with each other. We serve one another. We don't just connect with one another. We actually serve one another. You see, the difference between an immature relationship and a mature one, it's this. Here's a secret. Immaturity says, all I wanna do is connect. When maturity says, I wanna connect and serve. That's why we call children, children, because they're immature. How many of you give birth to a child and they come out of the womb wanting to serve you? Mother, may I rub your feet? I notice you look tired. Is there any moms like, no. If you're a mom like that, you will lead our next parenting class because none of us have figured that out, right? How many of you birth a child and then they say, oh, mom, let me clean up the house for you, right? If they did that, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you need counseling. I've never met a child like that, right? What child? You have to teach your children not just to connect relationally, but to learn to serve relationally because that's maturity. What's the basis of a healthy marriage? I'll go back to that. Two people that don't just connect with each other but serve each other. That's different than the love of the world. Why is the the world immature in their love? Because they say it's all about connectivity, sex, passion. It's all, no, 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 that's a part of relationship, but it's actually not very connected if you lack serving each other. How are we growing and maturing right now? Well, because there's people serving you in children's ministry, teaching your kids, not just teaching your kids, they're giving you space so your kid's not talking to you during the sermon or during worship. Do you realize you're being loved and you're being grown by people serving that don't know you, but we're part of one body. And though they don't know you, they love you because we belong to one another. So it changes serving. When you come to serve and we're asking you to set up, ah, oh, gotta show up early. Oh, this is how I get to love people. So when they walk in, it's comfortable whether it's serving in children's ministry. Are, does, you get what I'm saying? It's serving, and it can be within a church or outside the church. Now, as we wrap up today, as we think about these, these types of relationships, I want to encourage you with this. They really fit, these qualities of a relationship or the, the, to bring power into our lives, protecting us, encouraging us, maturing us. They really fall into two types of relationships, and both these types of relationships are important in our lives. I would say the two types of relationships that this really works out is a peer to peer relationship, and then a mentoring relationship. And both of these are important, but they're different types of relationship. Peer means that it's kind of a relatable faith. Usually you're the same age, same stage of life, things like that. And those are important because we need people that we can kind of relate to on this journey of faith. And that's important. But also there's a different type of relationship where it's more of a mentoring relationship. And so they might not be able to relate to you on all levels, but they can guide you in faith. And so one is kind of a relatable faith and mentoring helps you with an understandable faith, helping you to grow and make wise decisions. The peer faith or the peer relationships that help with faith really help sustain us because that's where we develop friendships, people we can relate to, people we can kind of connect with, same station life, stuff like that. But we also don't want to uh, lack the mentoring relationship because that's what really helps to grow us. And what I find is that for some of us, we can be in balance. Some of us are always seeking mentors, but we don't relate with our peers very well. But mentors can only be there so many times. And so we need those peers to kind of walk with us where the mentors usually are walking a little bit ahead of us. When you think about quality relationships in your life, one of the things I encourage you, are you balancing out having the friendships with the mentorship? And both of those are important. Most of us fall heavy on one. We like to get mentored, but we don't want to really connect in a relatable, interactive way. Or some of us, we like having peers, but we don't want anyone telling us what to do. And so we lack maybe wisdom in our life when it comes to faith. Both of those are different types of relationships that can work out really well in our lives. I wanna encourage you with this as we, as we think about this structure in our, in our church, as far as when we talk about like connection groups and serving and, and having that all under, as far as this is how we relate to one another, I wanna encourage you with this, structure won't bring success, people are what brings success connection groups just by having those doesn't mean it's gonna be a great group and that's gonna be powerful con- connections and that's gonna be uh, you know good relationships in our life. It's us having the right mindset that goes in. And what I find is the two things we gotta watch out for when it comes to are the two inhibitors of powerful quality relationships are usually one of two things. One is my own pride. I don't want anyone knowing what I'm doing or telling me what to do. And that's arrogance. And all of us have experienced that. But two is fear. And it's this, I've had bad experiences and I don't want to happen again. I've had someone mistreat me in a church and I don't want to experience that again. And I just want to encourage you with this. This is part of the faith journey. Part of the faith journey saying, I can't do it on my own. I need to get rid of the arrogance saying, I, I know the Bible, I don't need anyone telling me or, or I don't want to share what's going on in my life. That's, let me get rid of that. But also it's a faith journey where I have to overcome fear saying, yeah, I might get hurt. Why? Because the church is messy. And just so you know, our church is super messy. If you haven't figured that out yet, just give it a few more weeks. Because people are complicated. Because sometimes I'm on fire for God, and sometimes I'm not. And I can get angry really quickly over the littlest things. Or sometimes I just have a bad week, and you say something, and I'm not very empathetic. Or sometimes I'm just off my game. Or sometimes you catch me in a bad season. And so we're in connection groups and you're not seeing the best of me that that season. But give me a year, you'll see the better version of me a little bit later. So here's the thing, it's messy and I understand that. And there's fear and there's arrogance and those are inhibitors to quality relationships. But when you're humble and when you're afraid, but you keep moving forward and facing, I'm gonna find those friends, I'm gonna find that mentor. And we trust God saying, you know what? These people are in my life to protect me, not to hurt me. These people are here to encourage, not to discourage. And that the only way I'm gonna mature is by going hand in hand with other people. That's why the statement makes sense, right? You can have quality relationships without a strong faith, but you cannot have a strong faith without quality relationships. And I hope we're a church that we have a strong faith, which means that we have strong relationships. And it's messy, but we forgive. We show grace, but we're unified in the same purpose of we want to look like Jesus. That's what we want to do. It's not about us. It's about him. So we're going to have the worship team come up. And um, I just encourage you as we go into the connection group season, we have this mindset that as we get together in these groups, in homes and we're meeting, that we have this mindset of protecting each other, encouraging one another allowing God to mature us together. I think that's when ministries and church is gonna be very, very exciting. This season's gonna be something really to look forward to in your life. The best example, though, I wanna encourage you with this, the best example of how to do relationships, there's no better example than Jesus, right? If anyone did not need to have people around them, it's when you're the son of God. Like if you can walk on water, if you never sin, obviously you don't need an accountability group, It's not like Jesus meeting and be like, hey, I blew it this week. Never happened, right? But yet what did the son of God do? He came and he came straight into a family relationships. And then when he got older, what's the first thing he did before he started his ministry? He got a ministry team. So if Jesus didn't do it alone, I guarantee this, you can't do it alone. And I wanna encourage you with this, not just to kind of survive in life, but to thrive in the ministry God wants to do through you. The marriage he wants you to have, the children he wants you to have, the different things he wants to do, it's gonna take by getting people around you. Jesus is our example. He's also an example of how we serve each other. And that's why we take communion. Jesus went to the cross because he loves us. And he says, listen, you're my friends. You're my friends if I die for you. And so we come to him in a relationship with him. He offers friendship. And so if you wanna take communion, you can do it by yourself or maybe you wanna do it with a group of people and pray together, however God leads you. But let's encourage each other as we take communion, as we worship, that God may speak to you. So Jesus, I pray that our strength in our church wouldn't be how we do ministry, but how we relate to one another. It wouldn't be a church service, it'd be the church people. I pray that this next season of connection groups, would, we would flourish so much because we want to protect each other and mature each other and encourage one another. God, I pray that this next season, as we serve as a church, that we just do it out of joy and love. It's not a burden because we get to love each other through our different gifts. And most of all, I just pray, we'd be a church that looks like you. As new people come into this church, they don't see us. They see you. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to gotoaccesschurch.com.